out to the outside, and it is to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimos. Darrell Walker with the touchdown, and the Eskimos take the lead with less than a minute to go. Well, there's the game winner from the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium, Darrell Walker. 30-27, the Eskimos beat the Argos. They are 9-6 on the year. They are in the playoffs. We don't know where they are going f- to finish. They could finish second, third, or fourth in the West, though second is unlikely because Winnipeg would just need another win to wrap that up. But they do nail it down, winning for the second game in a row. Back and forth game against the Argos. We had the Eskimos game for you on 6:30, Chet. Then we clicked on from Rogers Place, and it was not a good one for the Edmonton team. Ottawa in control from the outset, and they pound the Oilers 6-1. Thanks a lot for staying up. It is now Sunday morning, 6 after midnight. Rob and I were just looking at the CFL standing. So Calgary is 13-1-1. Here's the thing about the Eskimos. They're 9-6. They have a negative point differential by 15 points because they lost a couple really bad. Calgary is plus... 224. I mean, they won a game 60-1. I think they had another one 59-11. So. That's good. The, the thing about this, the, the CFL, well, football in general, uh, you could be, you could have an undefeated season, you lose one game. Which we saw yeah. in, in the NFL. In, NFL and the Super Bowl, they lose one game the whole year, and because of that, they're not the champions. So uh, it, it's great the way the season has gone for Calgary. Yet it's only great if they continue it on through the playoffs. But they are fun to watch. I mean, and you and I were just talking off the air. That it has been an exciting year for the CFL. All the games are close. That's what you like, and that's what we saw this weekend. Well, in Ottawa, a couple scores in the last two minutes yesterday to up in Saskatchewan in Regina. Tends to be a rowdy place to play. I've heard that. I heard they had <laughs> extra security there yesterday, too. They talked about that before the game, so... All right, uh, then we'll have uh, the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss from 7.30 to 8 on Monday with Morley Scott, so that'll be fun. We are doing the Oilers uh, Overtime Open Line Show here, 780-496-0063. We have Todd standing by. Todd, good morning. Really appreciate you calling. Hey, guys, how are you? Doing great. Hey, listen, um, a few comments about the game tonight, and then I have a couple questions as well. So uh, I think the first comment is that defensive core for the Oilers right now is a good solid core. Everybody wants a great all-star defenseman, shoots right-handed. That's not going to happen. There's only a few of those out there. So, I mean, that's just not going to happen. So I think the defensive core is solid. I saw last year they played really well with a few injuries down the way. And they still performed really, really well. I don't think that's the problem. I think that the speed is an issue to some extent, and I think it can get stronger as the season goes on. But Strom and Jokinen seem to be slower in that mid area through the ice. And I think that's really confusing a lot of the defensemen as well. They seem stagnant. So it's going to take some time, I think, for those two to get going in that system, but they're really behind in the play. And that really slows the play down. That's what I found. Well, I mean, Jokinen, I mean, he's in the latter part of his career, and I don't think they were expecting him to come in here and be, you know, with lightning speed. Uh, he's a, a very reliable player. He's a safe player. He, he makes the, the right plays. I don't know if the, at this point in the career he's going to be a guy that's going to be scoring a ton of goals off the rush. I think they're certainly expecting more uh, out of Strom offensively. You know, uh, that trade, you traded away a guy that was a consistent 25 
goals a year guy in Eberle, and they're expecting Strom to come back and uh, be somewhere in that range. They, they, this was a great opportunity for Strom, and it still will be. But sometimes it takes a little while for a player to find his footing in a, in a new city and in a new team. But they need him to find it soon because right now the Oilers uh, do not have a lot of depth offensive players. And certainly right now none of them are producing. And they need some production because right now if you shut down Connor McDavid, you seem to be shutting down the offense for the Edmonton Oilers. Did you have another question, Todd? Or is he gone, Kellen? Okay. Yeah, and, and I mean, and, and to relate everything together, too, they look slower because they're not putting the puck in the right places. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. giving it to others. So they like, oh, there's one good oh, there's one good pass. Oh, and now that one's gone. And now that one's intercepted. That one's tipped into the stands. That one's going the other way. Well, so. and, and one thing that we've seen, too, in the past is where the, the long outlet pass and – Normally, when there's a long outlet pass to a guy in the far end, far blue line standing still, he's standing still. Right. And you don't create things off of that because usually he's up there by himself. He gets the puck. He's standing by himself. There's no play to be made. And sometimes it's a, it looks pretty when you make a 60-foot pass, but it ends up just being a, a, a turnover because he's standing by himself. It's easy to close on him. He's got no support over there, and you just turn the puck over and it's starting to come back the other way. The others need to come up as a group. And that's when they're at their best success. All right. Well, and that's a good point because we—that's one thing they got really good at last year, breaking out. Okay, the the winger has along the wall. There's the center. There's uh, the winger. Another gap over. Oh, they're not available. The defenseman comes up and he's got three options, and and they bring it up to the neutral zone. We're not we're not seeing that no, efficient breakout. We're not. It's the others. Uh, for part of it is the others wingers on the boards in their own zone have not been made have not been making good plays there there's been a, a number of turnovers they're not getting the puck out past so a lot of the best plays come when the winger all he does is chip it past his defenseman the center who's supporting gets through wins the race for the puck and now you got numbers but the Oilers aren't haven't been doing that and those are little things little things that the Oilers aren't getting done and because of that they're spending extended time in their own zone or it ends up a defenseman making a long, long outlet pass to a guy standing by himself because he'd already flown the zone waiting for that player to get the puck out. So uh, there's a number of details that the Oilers need to work on to be a better hockey club. 6-1, Senators take it tonight. They won 3-2 in Vancouver. They won 6-0 in Calgary, 6-1 tonight. So they have a great trip to Western Canada. Is this the play here in the Cubs game? This is the play in the Cubs game. They, they ruled him out because he never touched home plate. And then they eventually oh, the, overturned it, saying that the catcher blocked the plate. But well, how's he supposed to catch the ball if he doesn't? I, I agree. That's a tough call. That could be the reason that the Cubs manager, Madden, was very profane well, he got and was thrown too, out yeah. of the game, yes. 5-2, the Dodgers won that one. And uh, the Astros beat the Yankees 2-1. 7804960063. We have Robert standing by at 12-12. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Hi, Reed. Hi, Rob. How are you guys doing? Very good, thanks. Yeah, well, no, I just want to, I just want to make a couple points tonight. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I mean, you know what? Four games into the year, I think, it's, I think it's a little too early to worry too much about the Oilers. But, you know, uh, that being said, I think in the, in the next game, I think they, 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 they should start for squad, maybe give Talbot a break. And... You know, and you know, and then uh, not, not not taking anything away from Ottawa tonight. Ottawa Ottawa played a heck of a road game. 
They did. Ottawa was very good. They scored some nice goals tonight. Like that Kyle Turris goal up through the middle, turn of Vidu inside out, and then throws it top shelf on Bressois. They got some highly skilled players, and if you give them uh, speed through the neutral, if you turn the puck over, they're going to make you pay. And if you take dumb penalties, they're going to make you pay. So the Oilers played right into the Ottawa Senators game plan tonight. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, now, uh, no, my, my, my other thought tonight is be on, 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 you know, the play of, play of Lucic. I mean, you know, I mean, he, he came out, came out in the first shift, like you guys said, he had that fight. You kind of thought, you know, you know, maybe, maybe that was gonna, maybe that was gonna get the team rolling, but no, it did the, it did the exact opposite. But I mean, but I mean, you know what? I think, I think there's, uh, there's a, there's a lot of, there was, there's no, some, some positives to take out of tonight. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I know, I know you're trying to be positive, Robert, and and we appreciate it. But I, I think, like Todd said, you kind of got to lump everybody in together. Hats off to Yamamoto for getting his first career point. That is always uh, significant. But I think every player has to improve. I mean, yeah, some guys were energetic at times. Um, you know, Lucic obviously was trying to stir something up in the third when he got that penalty. Cassian took a couple of. Uh, questionable, questionable on him, not mm-hmm. not calls, and uh, you know, obviously, Greiber was trying to stir something up when he got the double mind. I mean, Ottawa wasn't going to go out there and and, and brawl it up in to. the third period. No, they were winning the hockey game. They were playing. They played smart. Norm, the team that's winning can just turn the cheek the other way because they don't have to worry about it. Six one, the Senators take it. We'll get back to the phone lines in a minute here. Let's go down to the Senators dressing room. Here's their head coach, Guy Boucher. Yeah. Is this a, a victory that's all about the consistency that you've been striving for? Look like carbon copy from last night. Uh, I would say carbon copy because I think um, we start really strong. Apart maybe from the first, the last two minutes of the first period when we turned the puck over. Uh, before that, we weren't giving anything to the opponent, so that's um, you know that's I guess a mark of our team. Uh, that was similar, but uh, I think starting the second period, I could, I knew it at some point or another we'd start to feel. Uh, a little tired and you know, a little off uh, a fraction of seconds here and there and you could you could feel them pushing and us starting to uh, lose a bit of energy as we, as the game went on but uh, I thought we uh, uh, we were able to uh, counter with some uh, goals and, and saves and guys blocking shots so the players did uh, absolutely everything they could uh, to look at this game today which we knew was going to be very very difficult being on a back-to-back last game of a long road trip we all know how difficult that is and playing against a great team that uh, you know that was trying to rebound from their last game so I think our players responded with a lot of character and you're right consistency and sticking together and sticking to the plan were you aware that the team has not swept Western Canada in its history uh, I wasn't aware of it this is where you guys come in uh, <laughs> uh, and you know I just learned uh, that yeah so we talked about it with the players after and uh, you know it's it's, uh, it's 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 flattering but at the same time uh, you know we want to make sure we stay focused on, on staying uh, humble and uh, hungry uh, and not complacent. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, we, did, we did good. See, I told you somebody would call while I'm talking. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think right now it's it's a, we can absorb this and the players deserve it. Uh, the, it was a real team effort, but at the same time, you know, we need to be good when we come back home and, and continue to play hard the way we've been playing. So was that Boucher's cell phone? Or a report. It sounded like that was his cell phone. It was. You see, normally there's a fine in the media room if one of the media guys (laughs) have their phone go off. But if it's the coach, you allow it. All right. Well, you know, they they sweep. I I don't 
First time Ottawa's ever swept Western Canada. They didn't play Winnipeg on the road. Not only did they sweep, they outscored Western Canada 12 to 1. Well, counting Vancouver, they counted 15 3. It was a shootout in Vancouver, but still they won. That's a pretty good uh, three game set. They're an interesting team. I mean, they're 3 0 2. You get well, eight out of ten points. Well, and what you, nobody ever gives them a chance. Oh yeah, and they keep winning. And you keep forgetting they were one shot away from going to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Yeah, I mean they lost. Wasn't it Game Seven in yeah, overtime? Double, Pittsburgh, double overtime. Double overtime. And they were very good in that game too. So they they were that close to being in the Stanley Cup Finals last year. So they they do have some talent. They've got a very good goaltender. Actually, well, we saw the backup tonight. So they got two good goaltenders, and they have. Uh, I, I mean, we're blessed in, in in Edmonton to get to watch Connor McDavid every night. He is the most exciting player in the National Hockey League. But the most exciting defenseman in the National Hockey League wasn't dressed tonight, but he plays for the Ottawa Senators. And and it's too bad that he was injured on this road trip because there's one player that I could sit and watch night after night after night. So the others weren't un, unfortunately able to take advantage of an Ottawa Senator team missing one of the best players in the world. All right, 6-1, Ottawa takes it, 780-496-0063. We have Chad standing by. Hey, Chad, it's good to hear from you. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, uh, yeah, uh, that Kyler Yamamoto, like, he he played a great game, but, you know, like, let's get real here. He's probably going to get sent down, like, to to Spokane. Yeah, most likely. uh, Yeah, um, so, like, what is Shirelli going to do? Like, should they go after Aginla? I don't think I don't see that happening. No, I think what the hope is, and what the hope probably was before the season started, was they were going to have uh, Pulleyarvi playing up here. And I would imagine that uh, at some point you will see him. I mean, if 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 Drysaddle's healthy and, and Kajula's healthy, then Yamamoto doesn't play tonight, and there's uh, he's probably in junior. But because of those injuries, Yamamoto's in the lineup, and at some point. Uh, Pozu is going to be up. I don't know how he's been doing in the minors. Well, they got shut out tonight. Yeah, so. So it didn't score. I, I think they want one. The next time he comes up, I'm sure they would love for him to stay up. Well, but, yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. He's Chad, a, I asked. puzzle in the future for sure. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, I asked McClellan yesterday. I said, how much is Yamamoto here in his own merit? And how much is it that other people haven't grabbed the position? And if you heard McClellan at all, he, he was pretty gruff all week. Uh, and I got a pretty short answer saying he's he's 18 years old. He recently turned 19, yeah. but but you know he's he's young, so we wouldn't keep him here unless he's earned it. So you know I, I still think it's kind of playing with house money with him, but I think your larger point is that they need a veteran or a guy who was here last year to be healthy and productive. Absolutely. Having said all that, he played like tonight. He was he was probably the best winger for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. And, and that's, I, that's, I agree with you. that's good for Yamamoto. That's not good for the Edmonton Oilers. Absolutely. All right. Appreciate it, Chad. Have a good Sunday, man. 780-496-0063. We got Rob next on the phone line. We got to do a quick timeout here. It's 1220. Oranders get throttled tonight. From the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Getting a shift with McDavid in this four-on-four. McDavid back to Larson. Pounds it home. A blast from the point. Adam Larson. His first goal of the year set up by McDavid. And Condon's shutout bit comes to an end with 8.57 on the game clock. Yeah, well, usually when we have you an Oilers highlight with 8.57 to go in the third, it's often a game winner. 
problem tonight was it came after six straight Ottawa goals. And the Senators cruise past the Oilers 6-1. Edmonton 1-3 on the season. And, uh, well, they lost by a goal in Vancouver, but they uh, lost 5-2 to the Jets on Monday night. Todd McClellan saying they got to work on their fundamentals, passing, board work. He refused to really sing, uh, single out any players, saying we're all in this together. Practice tomorrow, practice Monday, game Tuesday, or practice today, I guess. It's now Sunday. Practice Monday, game Tuesday against Carolina. All right, Rob's going to be our final caller of the night. Rob, it's good to hear from you. Thanks for staying up. Hey, gentlemen, how are you? We're doing well, thank you. Fantastic. A couple of quick questions for you. Um, I want to touch on Pugliarvi, but I'll go to that second if that's all right with you guys. Um, The one question I do have, and I want you guys to answer this as honest as possible. And Rob, I know you had mentioned prior to the season and after the season started that you expected the Oilers to have a slight regression from a point standpoint, and I agreed with you just from a sec- just from Sekera not being there. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question, honestly, you guys, he's their number one or two defenseman, wherever you guys want to you put it. How can they honestly think you're going to remove that player from their back end and essentially just keep Russell at the deal that they did and think everything was going to be okay from a GM standpoint. I, I just don't get that. I, I, I don't think that they thought... Well, I, I don't think they thought that Benning was going to be as good as Sacra. I, I, they don't. I, I think they hoped that as a team, defensively, they would be able to overcome it. Um, I, they hoped that Benning would uh, be able to make that step up and not lose... Uh, lose himself there. I mean, it's a big step up playing top four minutes. 100%. So, I, I the, the problem, if you want to go out and find another Sacra or someone that's a top four defense, and you have to give up something really good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the Oilers are deep enough to give up something very good for a guy that what happens when Sacra comes back? Now you got a, a guy there that is going to move down to the five hole. So that's why I don't think they. I think they hope that they could get by because all teams, all teams go through injuries. I mean, right now the the Ottawa Senators lost their number one defenseman, yep. and they didn't go out and get anyone else to to get through this little while. Now, obviously, it's not near as long, yep. but you just have to. That's why you have depth, and you got to hope that your depth is good enough to get you through the tough times, so that when you get healthy that you're going to be able to still be in the race. Yeah, I think that I think that's a good question, but but I do think I mean and Shirelli said this uh, that he did want to trust some of the guys who improved throughout last year and give them a chance to do it again. Now that was his approach. If if uh, if anybody as an armchair GM wouldn't have done that, fair enough, but I don't think he wanted to I don't think he wanted to send a message to Benning or Nurse or up front to, you know, Kajula or Kara or whoever and say, hey, you progressed, but now I'm going to acquire this guy and, and, and push you back down in the lineup. But like, like Rob said, they, they weren't going to directly replace Sekera. And I, again, I, I'm going to go back to what I've been saying, Rob. A lot of the goals against problems is not just on the defense. Okay. It is no. all five guys oh, on the ice. 100%, guys, 100%. But, yeah. but my thing is... And I get what you're saying, and I get even what he was saying, he being Chirelli. The problem I have with it is you guys should be putting, well, not you two, but the Oilers, <laughs> they should be putting their players in the best possible position to succeed. And in my opinion, to put Benning and or Nurse in a top four role with Russell, 
is setting them up to fail and setting Russell up to fail. Because Russell played his best with Sekera. And arguably, Benning played his best when he played with Sekera. So putting the two together... I, I just, you know what I mean? Like it just, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand. it baffles me from a standpoint. I get it, giving a guy an opportunity, but if you're going to put him in a spot where that opportunity may not, you know, have any legitimate shot of of succeeding unless Benning takes that massive step, and I think it's a pretty big ask because I, I love the kid. I think he's got huge upside. The, the but, problem is though, is where do you get a top four defenseman? Well, I, hey, that's, I, that's I, don't the get me wrong. I you get know, you. Yeah, you know, maybe then, maybe Peter Shirelli did look. Maybe he says, okay, we're going to be without this guy till I don't know when it is, December, January, whatever. What can we get to stop gap it? And maybe he looked at his options around the league, and yeah. players A weren't as good as what they had, or B they were asking for too much for someone that eventually is going to have to move down to a five hole. And they don't have a whole, like there's not a whole lot of tradable things up front where it's gonna not leave the cupboard bare for the Oilers. So they said, all right, let's try to survive. Yeah, so that's well, my guess. Yeah, and I think honestly it was one or the other. They go get that player or they sign Russell. I don't think they could have done both. Yeah, it just it's not plausible. Yeah, right. Well, it's a good question, and I mean, I, I think to be fair to two of the younger players who are being scrutinized, I actually think. Nurse has played pretty well, while Benning has 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 struggled, and obviously he was scratched tonight. So, and look, we we have been saying you gotta you gotta group them in as a team loss, um, and we'll see how Nurse keeps going. But I I wouldn't say well Darnell Nurse has has come out and absolutely been a, a flailing pony and hasn't been able to do anything. You know, I th- I, th- I think Benning, unfortunately, has struggled, and he'll have to keep working at it. But, yeah, I mean, you, you raise a valid point. Now, were the holes on, you know, like Rob said, other teams will, will, will have holes and, and, and maybe address them or, or didn't address them. But, you know, fair comment. Until, look, until they start winning, anything's going to be on the table for yep. criticism. Absolutely. And they're not, and as we said earlier, they are not, the, the the games they're in aren't coming down to oh they played really well and the other goalie stole it or it went to overtime and another offensive player made a better player than play than the, like they are they are out of games or at least in dire straits going to the third period. Well, as Daryl Sutter always talked about, this is a three-two league. The Oilers have scored eight goals in four games, so they're averaging two goals a game. Right. So right there, they're not putting them in a position where they're going to win a lot of hockey games. Their offensive players have not lived up to what they need to be. Their power play hasn't been as good as it should be. Their penalty killing hasn't been as good as it should be. There's a lot of things right now for uh, for Todd McClellan and the Oilers to improve on. Yeah, they're, they're playing uphill. That's a phrase I like to use. They, they look... I was going to say, I don't think they're nervous. That's not the right word. But, but I mean, they, they look like they're they're pressing to make a play. They're, they're searching to make a play. Um, I, I think especially in the Winnipeg game, they, they fell behind, and all of a sudden they're trying to hit home runs. Well, you know, in hockey, there's there's no three-point line. You can't, or, or, you know, you can't erase a two-nothing lead in, in one play. You got to commit to what you're doing, and and earn it. And they and they have not been committed enough to things that I think they know they have to do. Well, and it's funny. One of the things that we heard the coaching staff of the Ottawa Senators say after the game is you know what, we had this good road trip, but we don't want to get complacent and we want to stay hungry. And I think that's something that as a team that's had some success 
like the Oilers did last year, sometimes you get complacent and you lose that hunger. So that's hopefully something that the Oilers will find here right away. They'll lose their complacency and they'll get that hunger back, the hunger that they had for most of the year last year. Well, they have a practice in 11 hours, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and, and I won't be there, so let me know how it <laughs> works out. I will be. Rob, thanks for staying up, buddy. Have a great Sunday. Yeah, you too. Thanks to everybody who called. Always great to talk to you. The Oilers got work to do. We'll see if they can turn it around. 6-1 Ottawa takes this one tonight. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. Thanks to our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. Of course, you can get more on 630Ched.com. The Eskimos were winners 30-27 over the Argos. They are in the playoffs. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. See ya.